Weekly podcast, Terry Curran's current view with the Holy Billsborough. Mr. Terry Curran, steady away, so how are you? Well, a little bit better, still not bright. Maybe yeah. another week would have been better, but uh, I'm a lot brighter than what I was. Absolutely, too. I'm just watching on the TV Manchester City at Leipzig, and I thought that was a great touch from Guardiola. He went up to all his former teammates and give him a hug before the uh, the game. He's playing against them tonight, and Man City always seem to be drawn against uh, Leipzig Red Bull, don't they? So it looks to be a cracking game. Been a lot of cracking games recently, too. What have you sourced for us in the Magic Moments department? I know, I know we say it every week, but it is very, very difficult to pick one. But I'm going for the goal last night, Thomason's for um, Lens against Arsenal. OK. The is it Wahi Wahi uh, W A H I Wahi uh, controlled it so blind on his chest, laid it off to him, and he just bent it right into the uh, right hand side from the left hand side uh, to get to lens back into it. But he looks a, a right player, that Wahi. I mean, I could have picked. Jack Clark's goal against uh, Sheffield Wednesday on Friday yeah, night. That's the one I've gone for. I mean, there's plenty of plenty of uh, great goals again. Lots of goals going in at Old Trafford as well, too, and uh, most of them not for Manchester United. We did mention on the last podcast that we did, of course, we didn't do one last week, but uh, Taxi for Ten Hag, I mean, that tex- Taxi really is revving up his engine, isn't it? Well, it is. Well, uh, I mean, one, one thing about Liverpool Man- and Manchester United, they do give people... Uh, more time than a lot of other football clubs. They're not. They don't look a great side. Mm. They look a decent side. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, there was someone lucky against Arsenal the other week. I mean, when you look at it last night, they had enough chances to to, to, to put that game to bed. Yeah, to be you fair, know, I was watching. But there's always there's always a mistake in them. Mm, yeah. I mean, the goalkeeper again. And another silly mistake, like you know. So it's not just him. I mean, I'm. I'm not one for criticising players, but I've never been a big uh, Lindelof fan, me. No, I don't. I think he's a space cadet, to be truthful. And I think this goalkeeper, uh, you know, uh, what I've seen of him, and I've not seen an awful lot, but he certainly doesn't look to be an upgrade on De Gea. I think he's, um, well, I, I just think they've another, Nowhere another, near. Another, another pig in a poke, to be fair to you. I mean, you can mm. go on, Roy Keane and all of them can go on about the hair. Yes, yeah, he has yeah. made mistakes. Mm. I mean, the guy didn't look bad at uh, AC Milan, but you're not seeing AC Milan week in, week out like you do see no, the not. Premier League games. You know, but he looks very vulnerable. Absolutely. Yeah, I was watching Napoli versus Real Madrid last night. thought it was a cracking uh, game. Bellingham scored a good goal. I did see on TalkSport, their Facebook pages, that it's uh, a Puskas Award goal. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, you're having a laugh, aren't you? We talk up far better goals every week in the current view. That was a good goal. But I do, whenever Bellingham does something, the smoke that's blown out of his backside is unbelievable. And I'll lay you a penny to a pound. Most didn't watch that game. Yeah. Listen, I think he's a good player. I do as well. I can remember saying to you when he played when he when he played in that game at Portsmouth. In the, mm-hmm. in the, I mean, yeah. you were fuming because of paid far too many kids. Yeah. But I, I'll agree with this. You know, he's not a Gascoigne where 
he's a box to box player, isn't he's he? Lampard, isn't he? He's like yeah. a Frank Lampard type of player. Good player. I think he'll score a lot of goals. I like the kid. I don't, mm. you know, I think he's a really good player. Well, they don't say that, you know, he's going to be bigger than uh, Zidane. Well, I mean, I just think it's absolute rubbish and garbage. But again, it's the media and it's the press and they drive a narrative and people that don't really watch him week in, week out will jump onto the bandwagon. Whatever, belief. whatever they want to push. I mean, 100%. when you look at it, to push a lot of players, they're very good players, but yeah, they're, not, you know, they're not match winners, really. And having said that, Bellingham is scoring goals. But yeah, he is. He's not someone who's going to get you out of his seat. No, I mean, he's no Zinedine Zidane. In fact, he couldn't lay Zinedine's boots. But, but you know, again, it's all opinions. Uh, Liverpool, uh, we don't talk about VAR, but I just want to touch up on it um, before I go into my magic moments. Last Super Sunday wasn't particular super. On Saturday night, we watched uh, Tottenham take on Liverpool and another howl at from VAR. Um, Klopp now has come out, he's seen the uh, the audio, well, he's heard the audio. He thinks the game should be replayed. My attitude is, you're having a laugh. If we replayed every game where VAR makes a mistake, you would never, ever finish a season. What's your opinion, too? My opinion of all this, this, this is not the first no, mistake. It's no, it's not. And it's not a human error that, that they're all pushing. They are seeing that 20, 30, 40, 50, maybe 60 times yeah. before they give a decision. Mm. Right? They're not seeing it first time and having to make a decision. No, no, it's all They're no. seeing it after replay. Yeah. So there's something not right here. And if we don't start to punish mm. these type of incidents right, uh, we're going to keep giving them. You know, yeah. they give all sorts of excuses. I know I keep bringing it up. They mm. give all sorts of excuses. I know they do. For the goal at Villa Park, when mm. Sheffield United scored there, they hadn't got uh, the cameras, but Sky got it. So why couldn't they look at Sky's camera? I have no idea. I don't, I don't know what goes on. I mean, this season so far, we've seen a number of referees in the VAR box at Stockley Park uh, suspended for, for the next game because of a, an error that they've made. They're making them week in, week out. And I go back, if we started replaying games for errors by VAR officials, we would never, ever finish a season. I think Klopp's coming out with the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard. And if I go back, I, I, I do post a lot on the Chelsea uh, website, certainly one, um, groups rather, um, uh, Blue is the Colour. I'd uh, posted recently, and there was a piece on there about with Chelsea when Lukaku was ruled offside in the uh, what was it the league either the league cup or the FA Cup final uh, the other season, and and they're absolutely right. Lukaku was onside, <clears throat> but the goal wasn't given against Liverpool, and Liverpool went on and won the cup. Now what they're going to do? Replay that cup final, and uh, you know where do you draw the line? Where you draw the line is. You play the game of football, a decision is a decision, and you move on whether it's right or wrong. And the referees are the worst they've ever been in my watching of football. It's a joke. It, it, it's gone past a joke now. Uh, Crazy. Yeah, it has. It's gone past a joke. Because what anybody says to me, it's mm. corruption. Because I, that's my opinion. I'm yeah. entitled to, to have my opinion. Of course you are. 
Absolutely. Everybody's you know, entitled to opinion. That, 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 the human error is having to make a decision mm. there and there. Yeah. A human error isn't when you see it 30, 40, 50 times. And also, if we go back, when VAR was first, you know, brought out, um, we had the World Cup and then after that World Cup, we had VAR uh, in this country, in the Premier League. And they said, we're not going to re-referee games. Well, I'm sorry, you are. They said, we're only going to be looking at clear and obvious. Well, you're not. And if they went back to clear and obvious and they went back to the offside and the handball intent, it's got to be intent, not ball to hand, intent, which we used to in the olden days. And let's have daylight between the players. And if you had daylight between the players, you wouldn't be looking at all these decisions because if a part of your body is onside, you'd be onside. So you take away all the confusion. They've created balls of confusion. And you're right to... For what reasons? Brilliantly covered. Yeah. Uh, but every year when I played for 12 years, yeah. we used to get referees come in yeah. with new rules of offside and handball. Yeah. For what? What? How many rules can you have for an handball on an offside? I have no idea. They just try and complicate why it all the time. I don't know. Why, make, why confuse the matter? I don't know. I, I find it unbelievable. You know, I hear them saying that the... the what they used to do in, in our day, the referee would come in um, mm. pre-season and go and, and go through the new offside rule and the new handball. Mm. We used to say, and they used to say to us, it's no good for us neither. Yeah. But what's it done for? Is it done for to cause controversy? Or is it done uh, to improve decision-making throughout the game? Because... It's never done that. All it's done is cause uh, controversy. Absolutely. I don't think there's any improvement in any of these rules. It's just added more um, confusion, more controversy, and the right hand, don't know what the left hand's doing. It's, it's, it's disappointing, yeah, because I don't give a damn whether you're a Tottenham fan or you're a Liverpool fan. 100% And so I'm right. not into all that. All them are weight Liverpool or weight Tottenham, whatever it is. That's okay. Good. Yeah. Right, but let's mm. have a look at it, and that is a bad decision. Hundred percent. And the game itself was a great game to watch. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, again, we've watched so many games, and we've looked at an offside, and we've gone, "He's definitely <laughs> onside," and they've given him off, and you thought, "Well, he's offside," and they've given him on, and we we just don't know what's going on. And and to be fair, I don't think they know what's going on. The inconsistency of referees uh, in real time. This I'll, season, last season, has been an embarrassment. They justify getting it wrong. I don't know. You know, in, uh, inside a room, watching a replay after a replay. Yeah. How can they justify getting it wrong? I have no idea. To tell you. How I can find, the ones yeah. what stick up for them mm-hmm. saying human error? What is he? A human error is making a decision there and then. Absolutely, yeah. Not watching it three or four times. Well, no, that's gross stupidity and incompetence. Yeah. You know. Gross stupidity and incompetence. That's what I put it down to two. Uh, magic moments, what I've sourced. Uh, Porrick Ammons' goal for Woking against Fylde. Great goal. <laughs> I mean, that was probably one of the best free kicks that I've seen. Fabulous. Uh, Jake Robinson's goal for Worthing against Whitehall. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Oh. Gabby, before I went into hospital, yeah. I went to watch Jock at uh, Harbury playing Armthorpe. Yeah, and I, I saw two unbelievable goals at that level of football yeah. coming in from left hand side, bending it right into top corner. You know the with mm-hmm. a with a with a 
uh, crossbar goes along and the, and the post comes down yeah. right into that. And then there was another one where uh, the ball was played up to the centre forward. His touch was sublime, and he chipped the keeper. Yeah. You know, a very difficult angle to chip. Uh, the keeper from where he was to get it. I know you're not going to see those goals, but even at every level now, I'm seeing goals, which I think to myself, if, I mean, eventually they'll, they'll post them up and I'll post them onto the current view wall. Yeah. But they're unbelievable. And both those goals that you just spoke about, incredible. Uh, Ricardo Orsolini's hat-trick for Bologna against Empoli uh, in Serie A. I do like to watch Serie A. And I think TNT's coverage of Serie A is absolutely fantastic. And I've got to say, he's second. I think there's a player for Napoli last night. He played one of the best balls I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen some absolutely unbelievable balls. Uh, was it Zielinski? Is that what his name? He was an unbelievable ball. There's, um, I mean, there is just some superb football in uh, in Serie A. Uh, I've got to say as well, Tom Kearney's pass when he when he made yeah. that player as well. I thought it was a fabulous uh, bit of skill. And Ollie Watkins's hat trick for Aston Villa against Brighton. Surely now Ollie deserves a call up. Uh, and I'm at Villa Park tomorrow night watching. European football. It'd be the first time I've seen a, a European game live. So well done, Ollie Watkins. And Gareth Southgate was there. He has to call him up, surely. Um, certainly in front of Eddie and Ketia. No point in calling people if you're not going to give. If, well, that's your problem. Are there, are there friendlies or is it. A, no, I'm, again, game? I've lost an awful lot of interest. I know that there is some international games. I've got no idea. We're playing Italy at Wembley, which will be a decent game. Do you know, no I point like calling these players up because we yeah. already know what the other players uh, can do. I yeah, don't yeah. If, it's a, if it's a friendly, then we throw them in. Throw yeah. them in against one of the top teams, but throw them in. Not, don't make too many changes so it mm. gives them a chance to shine. Yeah. You know, that's what disappoints me with all that type of thing. Super Classico was this week too. Uh, Boca Juniors versus River Plate. River ran out 2-0 winners against Boca. What an atmosphere at that game. Phenomenal. Celtics gone 1-0, but the looks of it. Yeah, they're playing Lazio yeah, tonight, all those, aren't they? all those games are unbelievable. And I want to give a shout-out. Atmosphere-wise, anyway. Oh, yeah, I want to give a shout-out as well to... Um, on, on Facebook and Twitter, Mystery Football Weekends. Are you familiar with these, T? No. I wasn't until Tom came home and he said, I'm going on one of these Mystery Football Weekends. You pay 299 quid and they send you to a game. You don't know. That's why it's called Mystery. You just get there. They give you the ticket. You could be... Napoli, could be AC Milan, you could be wherever. It's a mystery and it includes uh, overnight stay in the hotel or the transport and um, and obviously a match day ticket as well, 299 quid. Uh, a great little concept. I'm really 
looking forward to to watching um, many of these because again the fans go there and then they give their input and you see all the atmosphere at the grounds etc etc and football is a global game now and um, you know when you think about if you go to I mean I'm going to Villa Park tomorrow night to go into the lower grounds it's 60 quid just to get in there you can eat and drink as much as what you like but 60 quid to go in there it's 30 quid for my ticket so that and then you have a program it's almost 100 quid you're probably looking with a couple of beers probably looking about 150 quid if you were going into that lower grounds for 299 quid you can go off right around the world and enjoy a couple of nights stay in a hotel as well so um, on top of that, if, if you were taking a son or your or your girlfriend, yeah, your wife, your yeah. daughter, yeah. it was three hundred quid. It's, it's it's incredible how football and how how popular it is. It's become well, money money makes everything popular, doesn't it? It does, but I just don't understand how people can afford to do that. Neither, neither, neither can I. You know, I just think it's absolutely, you know, with, with that, with a with a, a mystery football weekend, it's a one-off, you're going to go and do it, great. But when you're supporting your own team, you know, you're a season ticket holder and you have to pay all the, especially just to go in to have a beer and something to eat. I mean... You know, if it's corporate, I get that. But for your normal working class brummies on the old end, I think it's a disgrace. So I'm going to have a look at that tomorrow. And we'll be talking about it in the current view uh, next week. T. Uh, TC at the races, we didn't mention that great post uh, picture that you posted up on your uh, Facebook and your Twitter accounts, T. And the official uh, Facebook and Twitter accounts, guys, Terry Curran underscore 11 and Terry Curran on Facebook. Um, we're rebranding it to where people can join your online fan club and they get access to the current view. 10% off your merchandise in the shop. Uh, srbmedia.co.uk forward slash shop. And you can also pose a question for TC and uh, you know engage in the podcast so that's for five pounds just over a pound a week and you can access that by going on to terry curran's official facebook and twitter accounts yep let's hope we can get a few people joining in and help us all out Absolutely. What was the day like at the races? Because you joined up with a few of well, the old Forest boys, didn't you? Yeah, I, I got a phone call from Mick West. And he said one or two lads asked me for you know to try and get me down because they hadn't seen me for a long time. Uh, great day, but uh, I got something else on, so I went about eleven o'clock and left around about three o'clock. Great, great to catch up with uh, Ian Boyer, Kenny Burns, uh, John O'Hare, uh, Alan Hill, uh, Gary Mills. Who was that? Colin Barrett. You know, um, Story Moore was there as well, wasn't it? Story Moore there, yeah. So he had a, he had a great day, obviously. Played with some great players, uh, what played with Forrest and all. So, you know, what played at Forrest, I should say. Absolutely. And of course, Story Moore has got a book coming out. Yeah, give more the ball, he will score. We have done podcasts with Ian Story Moore. You can access them all on how you access your, your podcast, whether it's Acast or Spotify, etc., etc. But the easiest way to get all of our podcasts is become a patron, all the w's.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media. And Chris has done a great job. If you go on to 
um, the different areas. He, he's compiled all the Terry Curran stuff, all of Alan Hudson stuff, all of the legends of the 70s. So there's various areas that you can go to and access the podcast. And I'm going to catch up with Story Moore and get his starting 11. So uh, I'm looking forward to listening to Ian Story Moore and him picking an 11 of players that he's played with. Yeah, that'd be very good because he's played with some great, great, great players. You know, it'll be interesting to see um, or look at the team uh, and the formation uh, he would play. Yeah, because again, as you've alluded to, T, he played for a great Forest team. You know, oh. he, he played with. I mean, when you when you look at the players that Story Moore has played with. You know, he played with Newcastle's um, gone one 0 by the way. Oh, okay. He, he, I mean, he, he played. He played with um, Best Law and Charlton, didn't he? Although, yeah, no, I think I mean, Bobby, I think, I think they retired. To get that dream move to Man United and get a, a, such a bad injury. Yeah, I think to be fair, if I'm looking at it, he, he no, he didn't. He moved in 1972, of course. So yeah, it would have been Best Law and Charlton. I mean, yes, how, it was. Yeah, how can you um, how can you pick any other players in the forward line? Uh, apart from them three, I mean, that's the Manchester United trilogy. And while we're in the trilogy, I think um, when that didn't, I think when that didn't come off, we didn't get injured. I think they bought uh, Willie Morgan then. No, I think I think Willie was already there. Um, was he? Yeah, I right. think Willie was already there. Um, but in the latest issue of Back Pass, uh, issue number eighty-six for autumn of twenty twenty-three, the ex-pro panel Ian Storymore here has picked his. British 11, so well worth the read uh, this month. Well, this the latest issue of Back Pass is out now with uh, Ian Storymore picking his ex pro panel. He's 11 alongside Dennis Stewart and um, David Gibson. I'm not familiar with that name. Paul Mack. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not... Oh, right, okay. But again, going back to that United term, I mean, what a joy that must have been playing with them three, Best Law and Charlton. Yeah. When I said Gibson, there was a Gibson playing with Man United, not back then when it was when Robbo and all them were playing that, Gibson. Yeah, I, I, I vaguely remember that. But David David Gibson here, um, well, he certainly played for Leicester City because he's there uh, in the 1963. I'm thinking of a different one. Yeah, he's he's there in the 1963 FA Cup final with um well semi final win over Liverpool at Hillsborough. Liverpool have a history of playing at Hillsborough in semi finals, too. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sad, sadly, the last time that they played there, it was absolutely awful. And you know there has been a lot of silliness, I think, on social media with victims and Liverpool. Let's move away from that. Um, you know. When people start singing horrible songs and, you know, oh, yeah, not, yeah, not. printing stuff like that, it, it really is filth. So, um, you know, where we, Simon Jordan actually had to uh, not apologise, but um, on his show today, qualify what he was saying because he does use the word victim. And I think lots of people do use the word victim and sometimes it gets misconstrued. So, you know, in, in no way does anybody 
in the right mind, put what's going on with Liverpool at the moment to the victims and uh, the, the Hillsborough tragedy and Heisel as well. Uh, moving on to Book Corner and Association with uh, MyFootballBooks.com. Uh, first book uh, out today, Liam Brady, uh, Born to be a Footballer, which does come out later this month. I am doing another podcast with Andy, uh, our football book podcast. Uh, which will be out next week. But Liam Brady, born to be a footballer. What a footballer he was, wasn't he? What a great player. Absolutely great player. And someone what Jack disregarded when he went to become uh, Republic of Ireland manager. Yes, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite incredible. But but was he he a Jack Charlton kind of player? No. Well, Mm. did Two things. I don't think uh, Liam would adjust to Jack's way of playing. No, not at all. And you shouldn't expect him to, because, you no. know, con- totally opposite to that way of playing. Yeah. Completely uh, a ball player. Yeah. Yeah, when you when you're player. playing when you're playing Liam Brady in midfield, you've got to get Liam on the ball. Kenny Burns always used to say about Liam Brady, you could open a, open a tin of peas with that left foot. What a player. Born to be a footballer. Uh, a book coming out later this month. Um, Andy always gives us um, a recommendation and it was a couple of weeks ago and it's uh, Eternal, an intimate portrait of Manchester United lost genius uh, by Wayne Barton and that is about the great Duncan Edwards. I've also got two books about Duncan Edwards, The Full Report by Ian McCartney, uh, foreword by Harry Gregg. And James Leighton has written a book, Duncan Edwards, The Greatest. So there's three books there on the great Duncan Edwards, arguably the greatest of all time. And when I do hear about Bellingham, it could be the greatest of all time. I think, come on, give your heads a wobble, lads. When you look at some of the great players that we've had, the likes of Edwards, the likes of Charlton, the likes of George Best, all of them players, and, and they look at this kid and think, he could be the greatest of all time. Oh, come on, I'm not buying that. I'm just not having it. But Duncan Edwards, arguably, was the greatest of all time. And could play anyone on a football pitch too, couldn't he? Lots of, lots of top players mm. spoke very highly of him. So I never saw him play. So I can only judge the players who I saw uh, play. But uh, when you get the great, great players talk about him, you know, um, he's got to be up there with him on the wall. Absolutely. Well, Alex Ferguson says he's the greatest British player of all time. And he said, I've never seen him play. But if Bobby Charlton said he's the greatest, then he's the greatest. And and another player of that ilk, uh, the great John Charles, uh, Leeds United and uh, Juventus, Wales. Uh, what a player. I remember Big Ron saying to me, if you could put a player, all the ingredients in a machine to bring to make the perfect football player, it would come out as John Charles. Yeah, I Big Ron loved uh, John, didn't he? Ah, he did. He, he said, in fact, he was at a do with, um, there was Robbo, I think, I think Viv Anderson and uh, Big Norman Whiteside and they were, um, they were checking, checking the Michael out of um, uh, Big John Charles and uh, Big Ron said, he said, Oi, you, you, you and you is better than you, you and you put together. So zip it. 
and uh, Rob Owen, Viv Anderson and Big Norm. Zipped it. Yeah, absolutely. They're two fantastic players. And the Cup, we've just witnessed the latest uh, FA Cup fixtures with the non-league. Now the conference uh, National League teams are going into the FA Cup. So it's coming towards the first round proper. But the Cup by Richard Whitehead, a fantastic book. It does say that it's pictorial, but although it is, there's some fantastic stories in there. And it's a celebration of 150 years of the FA Cup by Richard Whitehead. And I have done a podcast with Richard. So if you access the podcast as you do, or all the W's.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media, the Cup. And he called it the Cup, not the FA Cup, because in old money, we used to just say, it's the Cup. And it started, of course, before the League Cup. There was literally only one cup in those days too, wasn't there? Yeah. Well, there were back then. Mm. Even though we call it the cup. Yeah. It had all that stigma about it. You know, the league weren't as important as the FA Cup, was it? Because of build-up and everything yeah. for the FA Cup over Absolutely, the years. yeah. You know. And I mean, it, it, it's it's sad. It's so sorry to see. Uh, sad, I should say. Sorry, it's sad to see the demise of the FA Cup. Absolutely. I mean, it's one cup that it was given a lid to keep all the magic in it. And you know, for most of us, the FA Cup or the cup is still a magic tournament. And unfortunately, <laughs> there's lots of clubs that don't re- uh, well don't recognise it for what it is and disrespect it. Uh, rest in pre- uh, rest in peace, Francis. We um, we lost Francis Lee a couple of days ago. TC, um, another great that's passed away sadly. Yeah, City have just got the lead. <laughs> I mean, one of the best strikers out. Make no mistake on it. Uh, when you what comes into your mind? Him, him diving when he's clipping his ankles yes. to get the penalties. And he was better than any of that, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. You yeah. know, uh, the Norman Hunter fight yeah. <laughs> for the Happy County, but at Manchester City, uh, an unbelievable striker, absolutely joy to watch as he as a kid. It is quite incredible because as I just mentioned, Francis Lee, Phil Foden come across a defender and just smash one into Leipzig's net. So whether Francis had got anything to do with that, because, of course, he scored a goal against uh, Zornik, uh, was it Gornik Zagreb in the um, in the final? Or it was certainly a Gornik side, wasn't it, that uh, uh, Manchester City beat in the Cup Winners' Cup final of 1970. And to listen to the rest of this podcast, head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media. Thank you.